0: Bitcoin and Co., the podcast about crypto economy and the future of money, hosted by author and speaker Anita Posch. Hello and welcome to this episode of my Bitcoin & Co. podcast. I'm glad that you're listening and if you like my show, then please support it. I'm an independent creator of educational content like this podcast and therefore sponsorships and your support are very important for me. What you can do is you can share the show on social media, tip me in Bitcoin Or become a patron. With as little as $5 per month, you'll get early access to new episodes and a big thank you. Go to patreon.com forward slash anitaposch. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash a-n-i-t-a-p-o-s-c-h. Thank you. And now let's start with this episode. Today's guest is René Picard. He is an early Bitcoin adopter, data scientist and involved in the development of the Lightning Network. René is also the author of the German Wikipedia article about the Lightning Network. He's running his own Bitcoin and Lightning node. So he knows a lot about the main topic of this episode, which is the Lightning Network. Hi, René. Thanks for your time and welcome.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Though I have to say I'm not really an early (laughs) adopter.
0: You're not really an early adopter. So that's uh, already bringing us to the first question, which is tell us a little bit about yourself, please. What is your profession and when and how did you get interested in Bitcoin?
1: Yes. So I'm a mathematician. Um, who basically already before studying mathematics was very interested in computer science. So I always had computer science as part of my stuff that I was doing and um, after I finished my degree in math, I went to China to live there for two years to learn the language and that was in 2009 and 10. And then in 2010, somebody came and said, what do you think about Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. That was a person from a bank. Um, and I asked him, what is Bitcoin? And he was like, I thought you know this, you're a technical guy. And he explained it very poorly to me. And he was like, basically, it's some form of PayPal. And my answer was very ignorant, being like, I don't need another PayPal. I never <laughs> used it before. So I didn't look into this. Right? So that's why I'm not an early adopter. Because if I had looked into this at yeah. this time, I would have been an early adopter. early, early,
2: early adopter. Yes.
1: And I blamed him later saying, why didn't you just send me the white paper and ask me, what's your opinion on this? Would have been much better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think then uh, during the time when I tr- worked in academia um, in 2013, I heard about Bitcoin again from my computer science friends. And then I read the white paper and I was like, Yo, this is great. <laughs> we need this.
0: Okay. That was the point where you yeah. fell in the rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, what, what happened then is since I am a mathematician, I had a lot of respect for the cryptography. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, it would actually be very interesting to become a Bitcoin developer But cryptography is probably very difficult, so I shouldn't do it. (laughs) So, so, so I was always following a lot of stuff that was going on and I was like somehow observing this, but very silently. I never went out to, um, one of the meetings. I never like tried to do a pull request or actually look at the code, right? I was just like, this is open source. I trust this. Um, and then of course the entire scaling debate came up and the lightning network ideas came. And at some point in time, I, Was not in academia anymore. And I also had to like see what am I doing for a living? So I became this like self-employed data scientist. And um, I realized all the time I'm talking to my friends about the lightning network because it's such a cool technology. Mm -hmm. So I went to the lightning hack day in Berlin this year in June. And there I was pretty surprised that I actually know (laughs) a lot about the lightning network. And I realized, um, all the time I interacted with this stuff silently, I actually okay. learned quite a lot, so it made sense for me to actually go out and participate more.
0: But but what is more interesting for you? Why is Lightning more interesting than Bitcoin itself?
1: Um, I'm not even sure if I would say it this way. Um, both are interesting, and the Lightning Network actually is Bitcoin, right? Yeah. The thing is... Um, Bitcoin has certain properties, and one property, of course, is that blockchain in itself helps to create a trustless, permissionless, decentralized system, but it doesn't scale, because we have proof of work in it, and we can, basically, we can't make it more efficient, right? It's, it's inefficient by design.
0: Is actually proof of work the problem why we only have these seven transactions? Or No, it's...
1: No, 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 it's a combination of several things, right? But we need this proof of work thing. And when, when you do proof of work, I mean, of course we could decrease the block time or increase the block size. Um, the problem is there is a certain threshold where actually verifying a block is not feasible anymore within a block time or with a certain amount of transactions, right? Because our computers are just not fast enough currently, right? If I download the blockchain right now on my Desktop computer, I think it takes almost one week to verify all transactions.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that yes. right? so
1: and, and and if I increase the block yeah. size by a certain amount, actually I can't catch up anymore. Yeah. Right. So and, and this is of course because of proof of work and computing all the Merkle trees and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so 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 it's kind of like connected, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the reasons. And then lightning is this beautiful idea of saying we have a Bitcoin transaction and it's signed by both parties and you don't publish it. Mm-hmm. You just don't broadcast it to the blockchain,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And and then you can do weird stuff with this, right? So you you hold it, you withhold it from everyone. You keep it secret, kind of. And this is basically a way of creating a payment channel. Mm-hmm. And then I can operate it, and I can revoke transactions, and can do all this crazy stuff. And and this is just a really elegant way of using Bitcoin right and and apparently it helps out to to scale stuff out right and this is really cool
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll come to this check sure. again um you said you were in China and you learned uh chinese yeah. you can, can you still speak it i mean are
1: you still <laughs> I don't understand. i to Taiwan. Okay. So yeah, I speak a little bit but what I just said is the, um, basically hello, I speak Chinese but my Chinese level is not so good.
0: Yeah, but then could you actually read the original Chinese media about Bitcoin and stuff? No. No, no. okay.
1: So when I lived in China I was actually close to the place where I was able to read a newspaper okay. but since it's almost 10 years ago yeah. and in Europe basically no one speaks Chinese. It's it's basically all gone it's amazing Mm. sometimes I see Chinese characters and I'm surprised how much I still remember Mm -hmm. but often it is either I remember how to pronounce them or I remember the meaning it's very rarely that I remember both right which is also
2: not so
0: okay because I wondered then you could read the original media what it says about Bitcoin because what we know here or what we get to know about what's happening in China is all, I guess second hand you know because you need yeah so that was my idea so, uh, when did you use Bitcoin the first time? Can you remember that? And what did you buy with it?
1: Yeah, uh, that was actually in this year. This year. This year. So. Um,
0: okay. the <laughs> <Yeah>, same year. <here. laughs>
1: so, 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 I got involved in Bitcoin in 2013, um, and I had the goal of buying shoes, but for some reason <laughs> I didn't do it. It's, it's, it's really it got lost somehow. Um, and then uh, I was basically, w- when I got involved, I was very aware of the fact that Bitcoin is a risky thing. It's a cool technology, but a cool technology doesn't mean it survives, mm. right? Um, I'm mm. not even talking about regulation, but I mean, the community could die. There could be a severe bug in it, right? The stuff can just plainly go wrong, right? Mm. So, So I didn't... I wasn't like hashtag reckless, how people in the Lightning Network nowadays are, but I was very cautious. I was like, well, let's let's keep my investment like really small because what I saw is um, if bit- Bitcoin succeeds, then of course, it's going to be extremely valuable. And then it's sufficient to have like one or two Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was basically one of these people of being like, you know what, invest a little bit and just wait and see what's happening. Um, But yeah, when I was talking more and more about the Lightning Network and realizing I want to have Bitcoin adoption, one thing that I'm doing is every time I'm in a store, I'm asking if I can pay with Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. already knowing that the answer is basically no. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then I went to a a local bike shop Mm -hmm. and I asked him if he would accept modern payment methods. And he was like, yes, you can pay with your credit card. (laughs) And I was like, I understand that this is modern for you, but I was more talking about Bitcoin. And she was like, yeah, maybe. And I was like, come on. And he's like, yeah, okay, why not? <laughs> so I think I paid two millibitcoin Bitcoin for his mm-hmm. work time to uh, exchange the chain of my bike.
0: Okay, he accepted it. But the material mm-hmm. he
1: wanted to be paid in, in euros, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then we made a picture.
0: Yeah, Yeah, great. After
1: years of hodling, I finally spent Bitcoin.
0: I mean, hodling is nothing bad, actually. I mean, it's also a valuable uh, thing, I think, because you show that you um, uh, appreciate the fact that in the future this might be worth more. But on the other hand, I understand um, that we should use it more. We should use it. That's the point.
1: We're talking about cryptocurrency and not about crypto store of value. And if you want to have a currency, you want to use it and that's why we need the Lightning Network. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, we have seen this already two times in the history that adoption was really taking off Mm -hmm. and then the blockchain was just stuffed. Mm -hmm. This happened in 2014, Mm -hmm. this happened again in 2017. It's almost about that I'm asking the questions like, will this ever happen again, right? At some point in time, people might be frustrated and just say, you know, this technology just does not work, right? I I don't think it happens right now, but I mean, we already had this twice, right? And we mm -hmm. need a technology that's actually Mm -hmm. usable Mm -hmm. for everyday transactions, for Mm paying your coffee and for, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, some people say that it's also okay if the Bitcoin blockchain is a layer, a transaction layer for bigger transactions. Sure. Um, because that's also a thing that, that what's happening at the moment is that there's always this comparison between Visa and the number of transactions the Bitcoin blockchain can right. do, which is like seven in a second. In a second yeah. And uh, with Visa, it's, I think, uh, 1,500 per seconds. But on the other hand, what's interesting uh, is, I think at least, is that a Bitcoin transaction on average is 3,000 U- uh, US dollars worth. And uh Visa a transaction is on average $75, which is also interesting, I think. So it, it seems or it means that uh, as far as I understand it, that people use it. I mean, people use Bitcoin to make larger transactions and it works because you always hear people saying Bitcoin doesn't work, it fails, it's a failure, since 10 years they are working on it and it will never be something.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I am I mean, there's critics, obviously, right? And, I mean, as a mathematician or data scientist, I'm always a little bit afraid about talking averages, right? Because, you know, I mean, people who are using Visa are aware of the fees and if you do a large transaction, Visa is just not your means of payment. Whereas in Bitcoin, you might have... Some bitcoins from early days and then they became very valuable and you move them somehow. And this, of course, keeps mm-hmm. the entire, um,
0: that's a good point. Yeah. Right.
1: So, so, so that is something we have to look with a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Bitcoin itself without putting something like lightning on top cannot scale. I mean, if you you look, for example, at the original mailing list post of of, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto when he published this, Mm -hmm. I think the second or third answer was, we very much need a system like this, but I'm afraid this current design does not scale to the needs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and mean, he's like, dude, did this really happen? Like one day afterwards, like somebody really understanding all the implications, right? And it's interesting, actually, it does scale if we use second layer technologies on top of it, Um, but we have to do so, right? And, And that's the point.
0: And that's the reason why Lightning was uh, started in, in the exactly. beginning, yeah? Yeah. so the, the problem of scaling. Yes. And when um, did the development of the Lightning network start?
1: I'm not sure if it's possible to say a specific date. I think people were very aware very early that payment channels exist and that you could create stuff like hash time lock contracts for routing. Um, I think one one important fact was the Milan meeting at Scaling Bitcoin. I think that was in 2015 or 2016. I think 2015, actually, when when the first time people sat together and really said, we need to write a back. We really need to like make a protocol of this. And then, of course, at the same time around, there was the lightning paper published,
0: right? mm-hmm. which
1: um, as far as I understand, I mean, I wasn't actively involved at this time, right? So I'm kind of like speculating or... Like repeating what people told me, right? So, so don't trust me, here like to verify, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I think um, it it was basically a write up of stuff that was already within the community, right? People were aware of the facts that you could use Bitcoin in this way, and now we need to like formalize this and really implement this, and yeah, create it, mm-hmm. execute, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not only talk, execute. Yes. Um, Can you explain the main technical concepts of Lightning with its payment channels, how they work? And please, can you explain it for (laughs) (laughs) non-coders?
1: Good that you had the second part, because I was about to say yes, I can. (laughs) So, so, um, the Lightning network has basically two ingredients to it. One is the construction of a payment channel that goes in both directions, and the other one is creating a network of payment channels so that you can route payments through this network. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand both. Mm -hmm. So the first one is the payment channel. And the main idea is that um, you and me decide to create a payment channel. So we create a multi-signature wallet. And currently in its implementation, either you or me decides to put some funds to this multi-signature wallet.
0: So a multi-signature wallet um, is like... uh you need uh, two signatures of three, out of three. For oh, in this case, Is two out of two. Actually? Two no, out of two? Two out of two. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, right. see. Yeah, because you're just two We're two people, people consenting yeah. here and creating. Okay.
1: Yes. So, multi-signature wallet actually means if we want to um, spend a transaction that was sent to this multi-signature wallet, that we need two signatures, in this case, out of two, yours and mine. And in this way, we basically create a payment channel. Very roughly, because what happens is when 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 I send a Bitcoin to this multi-signature wallet in the first idea, I cannot withdraw it, you cannot withdraw it, but collaboratively we can withdraw it, right? And then collaboratively we could also decide, well, let's send 0.9 Bitcoin to you and 0.1 Bitcoin to me, but we don't publish this transaction, we hold it back, we keep it in secret, And then at some point in time, you want to send money to me. So we update this transaction, make a new one where we actually say, well, you get 0.7 Bitcoin and I get 0.3. Right. And then we still keep this secretly and we do this again and again. Mm -hmm. And you obviously already see the problem. (laughs) I cannot trust you and you cannot trust me to publish one of the old transactions that we had. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is an old state. Like you can understand this transaction. It's called a commitment transaction as the balance sheet of the payment channel.
0: But I mean, as far as I understand it, it's like you have the blockchain on the bottom, on the ground layer and the lightning network on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so this one Bitcoin would be like in a, in a channel above and it's hold, it's, it's, they hold it there. No, uh, no,
1: no. It's no? on the blockchain.
0: So beginning and ending is on the blockchain.
1: Right. So, so you construct the payment channel by sending a funding transaction, which is sending this one Bitcoin in a payment channel. And that's a transaction that lives on the blockchain. It's just there. Everyone can see it. Okay. When
0: you open the channel, you send a transaction and it's like a regular Bitcoin transaction. It's a regular
1: Bitcoin transaction. Okay. And then you have an unspent transaction output, which is the usual stuff in Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. And then what we do is we basically have a protocol of how we decide how we actually spend this output. (laughs) Okay. Right? And and this output transaction has to be signed by you and me, and this is basically the balance sheet of the payment channel, right? So the original Bitcoin that was sent there is the capacity of the payment channel. And then what we do privately is we negotiate the balance. Okay. And and what I I was just saying is when we do this, we do this basically by creating a new spend of this transaction Mm -hmm. which we never publish. Mm -hmm. But the problem, of course, is if we do this and we both sign this because we give both parties the opportunity to close the channel at some point in time, Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, what stops me from presenting at some point in time an old state of this channel with a balance that's very beneficial for me mm-hmm. and not the balance that we last agreed to right mm-hmm. so we need a mechanism to invalidate old transactions mm-hmm. right which on the blockchain can never happen right? mm-hmm. because if something is on the blockchain it's there and it's persistent i mean that's one mm-hmm. of the strong properties um, but we we have a punishment based mechanism and using time locks in order to um, yeah make old Uh, transactions or old states revocable. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to, I can elaborate on this. It's a little bit more technical.
0: (laughs) So actually, it sounds like as if you can uh, make a Lightning payment reversible.
1: Um, No, not reversible, revocable. That's that's the difference, right? So maybe I can elaborate on this. So let's assume initially the payment channel is like this, that one Bitcoin is on my side and zero is on yours. Mm And now I want to buy something from you, some laptop maybe, so I sent half a Bitcoin to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we make a new spend of the initial funding transaction where it's half Bitcoin with you and half Bitcoin mm-hmm. with me. We both signed this. Mm-hmm. So now the question is, why am I not publishing the old transaction where it's one Bitcoin for me mm-hmm. and zero for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. How can I do this?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the way how, how we do this is that in the initial transaction that we used, we use a time lock.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And within this locked time period when it's being published, you can actually claim all the Bitcoins, even though the balance is actually on my side, if you know a certain secret. Uh And when we update the channel balance, part of the update mechanism is that I share the secret with you. Okay. Right? So now what happens is if I would publish an old state, you could say, no, 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 Renee, you were not allowed to publish the old state. I use Mm -hmm. my secret. I punish you. Mm Right, so that prevents me or de incentivizes me from publishing yeah. an old state because for the newest state I haven't shared the secret with you. Only if we update the, payment, the the balance sheet again, I will share the secret. So technically, it's actually that for the same balance sheet, you have a commitment transaction and I have one because you also share the secret with me, right? And we, we, we. So it's very complex and, and mm-hmm. difficult in the sense of um, it has implications that it's difficult to back up a lightning node, and you have to remember mm-hmm. a lot of state data, right, and, yeah, these stuff. So
0: these are also maybe the small or bigger, I don't know, problems or roadblocks in developing the Lightning network?
1: Yeah, you could say so.
2: Mm.
0: But actually, let's go back. You you just um, um, elaborated on how a Lightning channel is built and what basically a Lightning uh, transaction is. Yeah. But then you also said uh, that the lightning, there's a ne- lightning network needed. Right,
1: right. So, so so, I should say that the construction of the payment channel was just right now very heavily simplified, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, yeah. there's some details missing but and you can no, read them up okay. everywhere, right? Okay. No, no, no. Just the understand
0: the, the basics here. Yeah. Right, just for
1: the listeners that they yeah. don't say, hey, Rene said this. And yeah, it's, no, no, no. Right, okay? It's only a basic. Exactly. Um, so the thing is, with this construction, if you execute it properly and fully, we have a trustless payment channel. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm a, I'm able to send funds to you. You are able to send funds to me, and we don't need to trust each other, and that's really great, right? So if you, for example, have a car accident and you're not available anymore, I can close the payment channel without your help,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And and reclaim my funds, and you get your funds ah, back, and okay. all that works, yeah. right? I mean that's that's important, an yeah. important property. So now is the question: if we two have a payment channel, and then you have a payment channel with another person, let's say Bob. Am I able to send Bitcoins to Bob? right? And obviously I could do this by sending half a Bitcoin to you on our payment channel and ask you kindly, would you please forward this to Bob? And then you say, no, I don't. (laughs) I keep it for myself and (laughs) I'm doing a sad face because (laughs) now Bob didn't get the payment. I don't get my notebook computer and you're happy with half your Bitcoin, right? Just because the payment channel itself is trustless doesn't mean that the routing is trustless. So the question is, can we also make a mechanism of doing this and this happens with the hash time lock contracts, which basically means that the transactions within the payment channel get even more complicated and enable other outputs that depend on a certain secret that Bob knows and then I make a conditional payment to you and you make a conditional payment to Bob. And if Bob releases the secret to you, you actually have to send bitcoins to Bob. Mm -hmm. Right. So you start actually to send bitcoins to him. But since we already have this conditional payment that depends on the secret, well, you can force me on the blockchain if I run away of saying, Hey, I already have a transaction signed by you that I can claim the output if I know the secret. Right. So this is uh, heavy cryptographic principles that take place here, but basic principles actually Mm -hmm. that are well known for a long time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah, with which we can actually also create a way of trustless routing because now I don't need to trust you anymore that you actually forward the payment.
0: But this network also has to scale because, I mean, how, how, how does this work? I mean, if I, uh, if I want to send uh, some Bitcoin over Lightning, like to Asia or anywhere else, I mean,
1: yeah, it's a network. We need to be connected. It's like the internet. Yeah. Or it's like a file sharing but, network. Or it's whatever, right?
0: Don't you I mean how is this working? I mean you need lightning nodes. Right. Those are not the same like a Bitcoin node, or?
1: No, they run usually Bitcoin node. Those yeah. nowadays also possible with prune nodes on a tree node to not operate a full Bitcoin node. And um, but it's 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 a way of how they like execute the protocol. And the protocol is basically just a mechanism of make certain Bitcoin transactions and withhold them. That's why I'm saying Lightning is Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a very Mm -hmm. regulated or um, agreed upon way of using Bitcoin, right? And and the protocol is fixed how we interact with this. And then basically we have a a route of multi-signature wallets and we can send an information or an amount of Bitcoin through these multi-signature wallets, Okay. With the help of these hash time lock contracts.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And will there be uh, other transaction fees? I mean, or more? Or, or
1: yes. So the thing is, um, since the transactions usually don't hit the blockchain. So, I mean, there's there's three scenarios when the blockchain is hit. Mm-hmm. One scenario is if the payment channel is created because you need the funding transaction. Mm-hmm. And the second one is if the payment channel is closed because then, of course, you Send the state, which is the transaction back to the blockchain. And then the third one is if something goes wrong, which is basically uh, the channel gets closed, mm-hmm. right? So, so the third one is actually the second one again. Um, so, so what could happen is if, if I route some payment through the network and then a node decides to go offline, then they can't negotiate to update the channel state. But since they have the hash time lock contract, they say, well, I now need my funds because I already paid something. So they forcefully close the channel. And what, what happens in this scenario is that the Bitcoin blockchain becomes the judge, basically. <laughs> right? So, so it's a shift in role. In the beginning, the Bitcoin blockchain was this like huge ledger where all transactions were stored and everybody could look at every transaction. Now in the Lightning Network, if I do a payment to you or to anybody else, it's very private.
2: Mm-hmm. No one knows this. Mm-hmm.
1: Only if something goes wrong and we don't agree anymore. You can pull out your state and say, you know what? (laughs) I asked the blockchain to judge for us and the blockchain will judge perfectly, right? Because the state was negotiated properly and the protocol works. So yeah, then, then you have this the situation where you ask the blockchain to validate a transaction. But in all other cases, the transactions are privately.
0: Okay, so you pay only for the settling uh, transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain. So,
1: yeah, you asked about fees. Sorry, I got a little bit distracted myself. So, So, going back to fees, what's happening is, you definitely pay if you open a channel and if you close the channel and that's actually a little bit difficult because you don't know when you close the channel and you kind of have to estimate what the fees would be and who's paying for them because you have the channel balance and somebody has to like have this like unspent outputs that are over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's also a difficulty, technical difficulty, how you actually resolve this properly. Let's not go into this and then what's happening is um, when you forward an HTLC, so when you forward a payment,
2: mm-hmm
1: then a note can decide to say before I only forward payments for a certain fee. So there is a whole new fee market actually Mm -hmm. um, getting up and it's not quite clear where it's going to end, right? So the assumption is there that the fees should be cheaper than blockchain transactions, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can technically, in a payment channel, use it back and forth all the time. Mm -hmm. And you, in the best case, never have to see the blockchain again. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on the other side, it's a service, right? You have your Bitcoins locked. They are on a hot wallet. Basically, right? It's, it's not cold storage because, I mean, you need to access your private keys all the time to send the new spends and outputs, even though you don't publish them. So um, people will probably at some point in time say, hey, you know what, this is, this is a service I want to be charged for it. So, so one interesting thing about the Lightning Network actually is, is that you're now able to earn Bitcoin by having Bitcoin.
2: Mm.
1: Right. Currently, a way of earning Bitcoin is doing Bitcoin mining and burning electricity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Running a Lightning node is relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. You can you can put it on a small microcontroller. There's mm-hmm. people putting this on a Raspberry Zero, so um, running on a battery for for weeks. This this is working, right? But well, you, in order to be a good node to forward payments, you need to put some liquidity inside, right? So mm-hmm. now you can basically earn interest on your Bitcoin. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting, really. Yeah. <laughs> Before we continue our show, a short message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening, and we will be back soon you're looking for a solution to store bitcoin in the safe and easy way the card wallet is a high secure way to storing bitcoin offline developed by coinfinity and the
1: austrian state printing house The Card Wallet is a professional cold storage solution
0: made with high-quality security materials and tamper-proof features that prevent the manipulation of the card. If you want to know more or buy the Card Wallet, go to (music) www.cardwallet.com. say the aim, uh, the goal for the Lightning Network is to enable more transactions and to scale Bitcoin, the usage of Bitcoin, right. for smaller transactions also.
1: Let's let's also. call it payments, okay? Payments. Because the transaction is what's okay, in the Bitcoin blockchain pin- and the, 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 the Bitcoin blockchain doesn't, like, they, they won't fit more transactions in, mm-hmm. but payments, right? I mean, it's, it's a subtle difference now, but maybe it's better to call them payments. We, we, we can enable yeah. way more payments with the Lightning Network.
0: Okay. And how many do you think I mean, this is exactly the same question before, like on average, (laughs) then you will say, you know, on average it's difficult, no, but um, is there any estimate? Um,
1: Yeah, I think, I I don't remember the number exactly, but I think I did a video where I showed that I could do maybe seven updates of a payment channel per second, something like that. So if in one payment channel I can update seven times Mm
2: -hmm.
1: per second. Now I have to look how many payment channels exist in the network. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you can already see that this scales a lot.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's
1: it's it's still slow scaling, right? Because you mm-hmm. need to open all the payment channels, and opening all the payment channels are blockchain transactions. So you can nowadays only open seven channels per second. Mm-hmm. This is a limitation that still stands. Okay. It's true, right?
0: Yeah, we have to address uh, things. Yeah, exactly.
1: So um, I think there are these numbers out that assuming everyone in the world would want to have one payment channel, how long would it take? Uh (laughs) And it's like many years. Yeah. Um, But but I think there will be other solutions coming to this. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, it but, scales. That's the point. It, yeah. it just does scale.
0: Yeah. But I think it brings uh, also it addresses addresses also other topics or problems like uh, privacy. You said privacy, you make private transactions then. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that um I mean the the blockchain and the the pay, the not payments but the transactions um I, so what you do on the Bitcoin blockchain can be uh Found out, or, I mean, it's transparent. Bitcoin blockchain is a public ledger. Yeah, it's a public ledger. So you could, um, re, you could find the, the, the people or the person who's behind a Bitcoin address. At least,
1: at least you can do a lot of forensic methods there. And I mean, it's well known that actually criminal enforcement, like police, and so they do this quite a lot
0: already. Mm -hmm. So does the Lightning Network help in that sense too? I mean, so that... Uh, what do you mean with Payments. Help? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think as a as a person, I should have the, the right to um, uh, transact or, or, or pay things without uh, my government or somebody else to know it. Like I have uh, bargeld, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to have the feature of uh, cash in digital cash.
1: Yeah, that happens with the Lightning Network. Yes. So th- Completely. Okay. So 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 it's really amazing. Um, you asked me before when was the first time I spent Bitcoin. You could also ask me when was the first time I got paid in Bitcoin. And That's one, true, yeah. one one thing I did is um, very very early when I got involved in Lightning development actually is to create a small Lightning app, or we call them Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can basically vote which videos you want to see on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I asked for 250 Satoshis, like one or two cents, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean I could ask for one Satoshi, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous amount anyway, right? And um I, I put this lab online and then somebody paid. Right? I, I received money, right? This mm-hmm. was great for me, and this was exciting, and now being a web person, right, everyone is exciting, looking in his log files, right? And I I I already knew, technically, I would not know who paid me, right? And I still tried to look it up, and obviously, I didn't know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, some, some people paid me. I don't know who. Ah,
0: okay. so, I really but,
1: don't know. I don't even see a Bitcoin address. I see nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing. Okay. But in Bitcoin, I also get some donations for my YouTube activities. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's to some degree anonymous, right? Because I only see on the blockchain some address sent some Bitcoin to me.
0: But at least I see the address, mm-hmm. Right. But you won't do now forensic research on it because it doesn't, uh, it's not interesting. I mean, it's not. But But, but enlightening,
1: I have no chance of knowing who sent money to me.
0: Okay. What on the other hand could also be a problem then because if uh, governments then say, okay, but then um, we don't want to have it because we can't, uh, we can't take a look on it and we don't know what people do with it. (laughs) This <laughs> will be an interesting discussion, I guess, in the next months um, and years.
1: So, the, in, what what I find interesting is that when you when you look at politics nowadays, the topic of blockchain and ICOs has arrived, that regulation is needed. Um, the Lightning Network is not so much a topic they are aware of, mm-hmm. and actually, the Lightning Network has this huge potential to actually really add utility to Bitcoin. Um, and I'm pretty sure this question will come up. Yeah. Because it's... Maybe it's, it's we should not talk weird. about
0: it. <laughs> no.
1: The question will come up. <laughs> yeah, nah, Definitely, yeah. It's no secret. Yeah.
0: But on the other hand, what you just said uh, was that you... Uh, We're getting paid like, uh, 250 satoshis or something, which is one or two euro cents. Yeah, something like that. So that means also that micro, micro, micro payments, uh, will be possible over the Lightning Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they are not now on the Bitcoin blockchain. Right. Because you, yeah, because sometimes the transaction fee is higher than, so then you can spend it, can't, uh, as as far as I know. Yeah. So that's another, um, (laughs) <laughs> Advantage of the Lightning Network, I would say, um, that you are able to uh, pay in in micro um, amounts mm-hmm. because that's actually what I, as a solopreneur, as a as a producer of media online, as a small company, um, I'm looking very very uh, forward to it because then sort maybe so. I could, yeah, you know, earn money through my work because people, I mean, it's it's even from seen from my perspective. You know, I mean, there are many online papers um, who want you to pay like ten euros a month in a uh, uh, how is it called a subscription on subscription subscription based, and I don't want to do that. I mean, I want to pay for it, but like one or two cents or maybe five cents for reading one article, and then I'm gone again. And it's next time I pay again, and that's actually that what I. I'm looking for yeah.
1: So that is definitely possible with the Lightning Network. There's some some interesting projects um, on this. So there's one person that I know of. I forgot the name right now. It's a little bit embarrassing, but they have um, an art project where they basically say if you are an artist and you have a picture, you can basically sell the pixels of this picture for a few satoshis. So and then, one
0: pixel or something. Right. So
1: and then the pixels get revealed.
0: Ah, okay,
1: <laughs> right, and so people can collaboratively discover the art artistic uh-huh. work if they like it hmm right so so let's assume i mean let's let's make it a little bit bigger, your banks, you know, and you publish a black picture, and people can buy the pixels, right, maybe some people would be willing to. There's want like, to see it quicker and buy more pixels, right? So, so I mean, it's, it's it's a nice play thing, yeah. right? I, I don't think yeah. this will be a business model. Maybe it mm. will, right? But it's, it's, it's new stuff or new ideas are coming up with this. But and it, that's what I'm saying. It
0: reminds me of this million-dollar homepage. Can you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satoshi's
1: Place, actually. You know that one, right? From the name. So Satoshi's Place was basically a copy of Reddit's Place and motivated also by the million-dollar homepage. Oh. And everyone could buy a pixel on this page, Paying one Satoshi.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Shout okay. out to Lightning Koala for showing us how amazing it is to to do micropayments on Satoshi's place.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was huge. Uh-huh.
0: Uh,
1: and it's really cool. I, I recently saw a talk by Lightning Koala. And um, he had this huge service-oriented architecture having several nodes on the web, some for database, some for caching, some web servers. But the Lightning node was standing at home. Next to his router, so he was really <laughs> his own bank. This is incredible.
0: <laughs> um, so um, I have read that in March 2018, you have discovered an attack vector on the Lightning Network. Yeah. Um, can you explain how the cooperation and collaboration with the other developers work? I mean. As as a normal person, you don't know how coders work together. (laughs) Uh, So maybe you can uh, explain what is the process. I mean, you you or others discover things and then you put it on a mailing list and other people read it and then you discuss the problem. And how does this work?
1: Yeah, so with the attack vector, it's actually more of a theoretical attack vector. Uh Ah, okay. Right, Um, so the problem is Um, In Bitcoin, there's also this 51% attack vector. If you control 51% of the mining power, you can actually produce the longest chain. And by being able to produce the longest chain, you can basically alter the chain, right? Because Mm -hmm. you can go back a year and then Mm -hmm. you do this for a certain amount of time and then you change everything. when you do this on Bitcoin, you basically can only alter the transactions that you did. So you can do double spending, right? I can spend my transaction. I can receive a physical good. Then I'm doing the 51% attack and then I can spend my yeah. transaction again.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, okay.
0: Theoretically. Theoretically. Um, yeah. you, you
1: need, right. So what I, what I discovered is that in the Lightning Network, it's actually a little bit more extreme, right? Mm-hmm. So, so already in Bitcoin, this transaction is kind of like, Possible but probably not happening. Mm-hmm. So, possible but improbable, right? Mm-hmm. So, in lightning, the same thing. You need 51% of the mining power, right? Which is very unlikely to happen. Um, the problem then is if you do have this, you can basically steal all the funds in all your payment channels. And that's a lot more than the funds that you actually own, mm-hmm. right? Because you basically steal part of the funds of all your peers. Yeah. Right. And then you can basically. Um, Yeah, I mean, what you, what you do is you, um, you basically publish an old state of your payment channel and you basically try to reroute payments to yourself so that in each channel you sometimes had all the funds on your side. And then you basically publish all these old states and usually there's this punishment mechanism. But since you secretly mine, after. So, 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 you, so, you publish the transactions not to the Bitcoin blockchain, but to your, to your own 51% controlled okay. node. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you mine 144 blocks, or as long as the time block is. And then you basically say, oh, I have a longer chain than anyone knew, right? Mm-hmm. And then people can't punish you anymore because you can avoid this time block, mm-hmm. right? But it's very theoretical. Oh,
0: okay. So, so you yeah. discussed it with other people? And yeah. So,
1: I mean, I thought it's still interesting or worthwhile to share. Um, just to at least be aware of, and the developers were kind of acknowledging that mm-hmm. yes, this is a problem or this is an attack vector. But you know, I mean, if, if somebody has 51% of the mining power in Bitcoin, we have other problems
0: yeah, anyway, right? True. So, <laughs> no, I just wanted to show how open source coders work together. I mean, how this basically,
1: works. basically, you go to the mailing list, you read the mailing list, you contribute to the mailing list, and then of course, there's GitHub issues, so you can either I mean, one one thing that is really important, you don't need to be a developer to be part of open source development. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many people, um, they run into problems with their lightning node, and then they are frustrated. What they should rather do is go on GitHub, go to the issue tracker, and just post the log files, describe the problem, and this actually helps developers a lot because then they can get feedback. right? And, and so, yeah, there's the process. And then, of course, you can look at issues and you can look at the code and see if you do an improvement. And then you make mm-hmm. a pull request where you say, hey, here, I saw this issue. I think this is a solution. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And then it's peer-reviewed? Or, or how yeah.
1: So, there's always a maintainer of a repository and they're basically reviewing it. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. there's discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But that's the same in Bitcoin and in Lightning. So the working process, the, how you collaborate. I would
1: say so. I'm not so sure about the Bitcoin process because I never contributed to Bitcoin. I think I once uh, sent in a documentation bug, and they basically said, "Yeah, but we have it's, it's a different reason why it's there," and basically declined the pull request. Mm-hmm. That was okay. Um, but uh, it should be similar. Yes, I think in Lightning it's actually a, a little bit. Not so heavily regulated as in Bitcoin because Lightning is still smaller.
0: Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. what is the time frame you think? When do you think that Lightning uh, will be operating so that we can use it?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it is already operating and you can use it, but you have to be hashtag reckless, right?
0: What does hashtag reckless mean?
1: So, so reckless means you're. uh, I mean, that's the word, right? It's it's your. not afraid of any risk of losing your funds, right? At hashtag reckless is because it's the hashtag that is used. Ah, so I
0: uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I understand. So it means just hashtag reckless, reckless yeah. Okay. Which is oh, just I got used
1: it. on Twitter, or I, I, think, okay. I think I think Blockstream has a, a sticker actually, even that you can pay with Lightning to to get it, and it's basically saying you you see two people from the back, and one is supposed to be the old guy, and he's like. When I was in your age, using Lightning was still has, hashtag
2: reckless, right? <laughs> so,
1: so, you can actually use it already. Um, I would just call it a, a minimum prototype, actually, right? which basically demonstrated that construction of a payment channel works and that routing works. There's features missing to it, mm-hmm. right? Backing up channel state does not properly work. I mean, there's proposals out how to do this, but you need to implement them. You have to agree upon them. Um, currently when you open a payment channel, all the funds are on your side. There's a proposal out that you can do dual-funded channels, which technically is just a Bitcoin transaction that comes from two wallets, but then you have a whole bunch of game theory for who pays the fees and mm. why, and is it feasible to do this? So um, stuff gets complicated on a social level. It's not so much technical, right? Um, then one big issue is nowadays that when you, when you route payments, what can happen is that you don't find a path where there's enough capacity. Mm-hmm. So the routing in the Lightning Network um, does not happen like IP routing on a best effort method where you just route the payment and ask somebody to forward it. But you decide what the route should look like and you construct this like secret onion package where no one knows where it's coming from and where it's going to. Um, and then of course, since the channel balance is somewhat public for privacy reasons, you might use a channel that just doesn't have enough funds on their side to forward the payment, right? So you have a lot of routing failures currently. There's ideas of splitting up payments into several paths and making smaller payments, but that, of course, has a whole different bunch because if only one of these payments does not arrive at the final node, are you supposed to release the pre-image and does it work right? So, so there's a lot of like technical details that um, have to be implemented. And I would say we need at least another one or two years. And, oh, I, think, yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's okay, right? Yeah. If, you, if you look at Bitcoin, um, in the beginning, it was also not very usable and user-friendly and it took quite some time until it became better and better. Um, so yeah, there, there is some time frame involved and people are not very patient about it. Yeah. People want to be reckless, yeah, but, people want to try it. People want yeah, to see but I, it.
0: I, I think um, such a like uh, big project uh, needs a solid and secure base. I mean, so you can't hurry about it. I mean, I think, yeah. that's uh, and I, think that's,
1: I think that's what's happening, right? None of the software, I would say call them vendors, even though it's open source software, says, oh, you know what, we're ready. <laughs> Everyone is like, yeah, it's still hashtag reckless, right? Mm -hmm. What you do is what you do. And I mean, it's good that we have people who try stuff out, but um, I actually want to warn people. I mean, I, for example, accepted a payment for a service on the Lightning Network. So I got 450,000 Satoshis for basically creating some content, which is at least 20 euro at this time. And three days later, this money was gone. Mm. There was an implementation bug between our two nodes. His node was a clear, my node was um, c Lightning, and then the channel got closed by protocol rules. But my c Lightning node had a had a bug of not remembering the revocation keys mm-hmm. or the redeem script, I, I should say, and it's gone. The money is mm-hmm. away. It's on mm-hmm. the blockchain.
2: Mm -hmm. I just don't have the
1: private keys to it, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) you know, and and, and, and stuff like this can happen. So I I just want to warn people at this point in time, you know, I mean, you install the node, you see payment goes through, you think like, what could go wrong? Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff can still go wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, you're in general optimistic.
1: Oh, very. Yeah. I'm I'm very much optimistic. I think this is an amazing technology. It's very smart. Um, I think uh, it, it has very, very strong properties. And I think that all the problems that we currently have are fixable problems. They are not like problems in the sense of, oh, this is an open question and uh, somebody has to come up with a smart solution. It's more like a social problem, like how do we decide to do a certain thing? Because there's different proposals, basically. Um, and I, I think these are like fixable problems by the end of the day. Pretty much all of them that are currently known to the Lightning Network. I think the most difficult problem um, that that people also point out is finding routes on the Lightning Network, mm-hmm. right? Because as I said, the channel balance is private, um, and so so you basically have uncertainty, right? You you can estimate there might be some balance, but you don't know. But even that problem is fixable, right? Mm-hmm. You can do probing, mm-hmm. or you could at some point in time maybe say, you know what. We tried this now with this like, very, very private setting. Maybe we can share a little bit more information about the topology, about our neighboring nodes, so that we can actually find routes with knowing why we do a route here.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, thank you. That sounds for me, for, is, a, is a good ending, I think, to our interview. Um, many thanks for that. Sure. Can you please uh, recommend uh, some books about Bitcoin or Lightning, or uh, tell people who are interested in contributing to the Lightning network okay. in any way where they can? I mean, you said GitHub. Um, what they can do?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm a little bit shameless right now. I, I recommend my YouTube channel. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> because it's I honestly started it because I realized there is not enough. Information and educational content about the Lightning Network mm-hmm. out. So I'm trying to, to, to do a show weekly on YouTube for the last two weeks. I had to block it because I was with a chain called Lightning Residence Lab in, in New York and I was on the Lightning Developer Summit in Australia and I was just busy, but it, it will come back. I have so, I have a really huge list of topics I want to talk about. Um, and I'm trying to actually target two kinds of people. One is actually really developers who want to build on top of Lightning. So not people who necessarily want to become core developer, mm-hmm. because I think this is, they they will just read the protocol specification, yeah, yeah. the RFC on GitHub or the paper but people who want to build on top of Lightning, right? Because it makes sense to understand how it works in order to use an API. But also the general audience of people who are like just Bitcoiners or people interested in cryptocurrency to see, hey, there is a technology coming here which is really strong, which is really great, which really has good properties. Um, and I want to be honest about this. So in future, I will also publish some videos where I actually criticize the technology. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of being like, hey, by the way, this is a bad technology, but I think we should also be aware of of the pitfalls, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to recommend that one, and then of course um, there is the, uh, yeah, basically the the, the the specification, the bolts, the um, Lightning Network white paper. Um, there is currently no book for the Lightning Network. I think in Mastering Bitcoin there is a chapter about the Lightning Network. Yeah. But I have to admit I never read Mastering Bitcoin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone acquires their knowledge on different channels, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm I'm usually the guy reading source publications. You can
0: also read Mastering Bitcoin online, so.
1: Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think I looked at it shortly, but I never mm -hmm. like read it completely.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point in time there will be a Lightning book coming, hopefully. I might help maybe to write I, one. Maybe you write it. Too. Yeah, no. So I actually already had discussions with people whether it makes sense because uh, even though I'm like connecting with the core developers of the Lightning Network, I'm pretty new to it, and I'm also not. I consider myself not to be a very strong programmer because I'm a mathematician and not a computer scientist. Um, but I like communicating knowledge about something. So mm-hmm. so it might be that this happens. But yeah, um, the Lightning Network community still needs more publication of content sharing information and basically doing dissemination of what we're having and doing mm-hmm. um, and for that it's actually um, I think there's currently um uh, uh, is doing this for BHP network and I think Alina Satoshi from from Trezo that they created this B foundation the mm-hmm. B yeah, right? yeah. and I think one one of their goals is actually to fund developers or people who want to be like advocates for like teaching right so so um because i mean it's tough right Yeah, Uh, (laughs) you you create something like this and i mean at some point in time you need to pay your bills and uh, as i mentioned before when when i got involved in bitcoin the price was still very low but i was also very cautious so i'm i'm completely not uh, uh, funded in the sense of like oh i can do whatever i want but there there are some bitcoin developers but that's Mm. a small fraction Mm. um and yeah, it's it's an important thing. So yeah, um, and then of course you can go on Twitter, read the lightning mailing list and just, yeah, currently it's rather technical.
0: Yeah, great. So what are you up to? I mean, what's your next project that you can talk about?
1: Oh, I can talk about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me personally, um, after I was in Australia, I Understood much more where currently the problems of the developers are. Right, it's, uh, those people doing this for like three years, and I'm pretty new to this community. So currently, I'm reading a lot and trying to understand stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have created an autopilot for Sea Lightning, and we agreed that we wait for the plug-in um, architecture of Sea Lightning to be published, and it has been published last week. So now I will adapt this to be a Sea Lightning plug mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, I want to do more educational videos for the Lightning Network, focus on this a little bit more. And yeah, um, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Um, I've been working in Chaincode code Labs Lightning Residency on a custodial wallet service. I might at some point in time do this as a startup, but I also have like stomach pain when I think about this. Mm, maybe because, too early, huh? Yeah, maybe to hashtag reckless, <laughs> maybe... Um, I mean, I think at some point in time we need custodial services. Um, it's it's always a difficult discussion because people are like, "Oh, stuff gets centralized," and isn't the idea of being your own bank, but being your own bank is difficult, right? right. By definition,
2: mm.
1: and uh, I think some people just demand for a service where they don't have to care. And the great thing is, when you do custodial service with Lightning and you do it properly, you can still be open and be compatible with the protocol, right? So, um, yeah, stuff like this could happen. Maybe I just open source it to educate people. I I don't know yet.
0: Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the next things you're doing and uh, maybe we can stay in touch. Sure. And thank you very much for this great interview and uh, have a nice day.
1: Thank you for doing the podcast and spreading the message of lightning. That's very important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're welcome very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. This was today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, please share it with your friends and family on Twitter or Facebook and leave a review on iTunes or YouTube. And please consider to support the show. You can do several things. You can become a patron on patreon.com forward slash Anita That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash A N I T A. P-O-S-C-H For an amount of $5 per month, you'll get early access to new episodes and a big thank you. If you prefer to tip me in Bitcoin, you can find my address on the website. If you want to advertise your product or company, please send an email to hello at bitcoincopodcast.com. That's hello at bitcoincopodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Audio editing and signation spoken by Katrin Eidenhammer. Idea and production by Anita Posch.